Welcome to the Cross Border Interview Podcast, a podcast about getting out from behind the keyboard and just talking. Each week, we invite a guest or two to sit down and talk about their life and their work. I'm Christopher Brown, your host, and this is the Cross Border Interview Podcast featuring host of the podcast, Teach Me in 20, Karis Ryan. Well, Karis, uh, let's get this underway. I don't want to take up much of your time. Uh, I start off all my interviews uh, with the same question, but with a little bit of a different spin on it, depending on the guest. Uh, my first question for you, Karis, is where did your sense of entertainment and uh, engaging people come from? Love it. I So I traveled professionally on the tennis circuit and I met a lot of different people and the more I spoke with people I realized everyone has a really cool story everyone has something to share and we can I've always had the idea that I try to learn from people's experiences and people's life and apply it to my own life because you know it's that old you know people always want to share wisdom but not everyone wants to receive it and I was like I can't be the only one that feels like this and so I just wanted to sh- meet new people and share it with others. And I, I don't know if it's entertaining, but um, that's sort of how the podcast was spawned. And yeah, just people seem to be enjoying it. And a bit like yourself, I was surprised at the different type of guests I've got. Um, but it's, yeah, a learning learning platform plus an entertaining platform. So if I can, it's sort of how it's spawned from, I guess, meeting different people and wanting to share that with others. And now for my listeners who are tuning in, you are the host of the podcast, uh, Teach Me in 20. Uh, Where where does that come from? Where does uh, Teach Me in 20 come from? So, you know, that whole sporting thing of like, give me 20, like 20 push ups, stuff like that. Yeah, that's sort of how it came about, I guess, my sporting background. And my boyfriend listened to a few podcasts, but and I try to listen in as well, but they're like an hour, three hours long. And for me, someone with a really short attention span, I was like, this is too much of an investment. <laughs> so I was like, let's start a short podcast, like 20 minutes. Um, it's a bit of a running joke now in that not a lot of them are actually 20 minutes now. They're I was going to ask that question. Mark, but hey, who's counting? Um, so it started with that. And to be honest, it actually was great for me in first starting out and having a short time because it meant, you know, if I ran out of stuff to talk about, it was just 20 minutes anyway. And also a great way to get guests on because if you just say to them, Hey, I just need 20 minutes of your time. Most often they're like, Oh cool. Yeah, I can do that. So that's sort of where it came from. And and the guests that you've had on. And uh, so the, the, uh, synopsis of your podcast is you get guests to come on the show who don't you don't know the subject that they're going to be talking about that well correct correct or i don't know a lot about it so i want to find out more and and the gambit of uh guests that you've had on you've had uh someone come on and talked about ramadan which was your first or your third episode for some reason uh apple podcast has it as the third episode i'm not sure if one and two are missing but you've had someone come on and talk just recently talk about uh tarot cards psychics uh tennis do you when you when you're reaching out to those people to get them on the show are you getting that like yes right away or are you getting that okay i need a little bit more information because when i'm reaching out to guests i'm finding that sometimes i'll get the yes right away sometimes you have to go okay these are the people i've had on the show this is what we'll be talking about here the questions that we'll be talking about so what's your style of getting people on the show 
Yeah, I try to tell people it's an educational podcast because I think it is. Um, I like, you know, your podcast as well. It's interviews. It's hearing from other people. It's not just me waffling along. Um, I've on the whole been pretty lucky with guests. I think there's been one or two who have gone, what's your angle? And I think they're always skeptical. I mean, yourself being a past journalist, everyone wants to know, okay, but what? You, what's your, you know, reason for doing this? And me being me, I'm like, oh, actually, like, I, there's no, you know, hidden agenda here. It's just me wanting to learn more. And once they get to meet me, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, she's, um, she clearly couldn't have an agenda. She doesn't even know what she's doing herself. So, um, I, there's only been a couple times where I've had to be like, you can tell me as much, as little as you like. Um, of late, I've actually been sending my guests their into some of the questions I hope to ask. So they sort of get an idea of where I'm going with the interview and they can also prepare a bit. In the beginning, it, you know, I'd have my questions and whenever someone would come over, I'd be like, hey, this is the idea. But I found that if people have a bit of time, yes, we want to keep it spontaneous. But if people have a bit of time to go, oh, okay, what can I say? And how can I give my best answer? One, it makes for a better chat. And also they feel a bit more comfortable as well. Um, yeah. So I think if you're just upfront and honest with people, it's um, it makes yeah it makes it easier for everyone involved. But fingers crossed, I've been lucky so far. I have heard some horror stories, um, and it's also it's tricky as well. Like yourself and I, when you're chatting online, it's really hard to convey tone. So you know, me talking here, you can see you know I, it's so much easier to how I want to come across. But writing, being like, hey, you know, this is me. This is what I want to chat about. People can you know sometimes misconstrued it depending how you read it. Well, and and I find that is the reason why I started my show was because we Twitter is Twitter I, I hate Twitter uh, you have to do it because in, in today's age to get noticed to get your audience uh, drawn into your show you have to promote yourself in one way or another either through Facebook or social media I'm not a big fan of it but I still do it because that's where that's the way I connect with people through guests or uh, my audience members and I find that like you said, when you write something on social media or if you write something in an email, the guest will look at it one way unless you're actually and you might be thinking of it another way. Where if you're talking like you and I are right now and we can see each other, God bless that. God bless 2020 where we can actually see each other and we're literally on the other side of the earth right now. You can actually convey that emotion and that tone a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, and there's been a few times where a guest has actually asked to meet before, which I'm totally fine with, um, I guess, just to sort of sand me out as well. So have you ever had that? No, I've never had that. I've had one person call, like, tell me to call them and say, OK, I want you to call me. But I knew him beforehand. And I think he was more uh, uh, he was more uh, able to talk to me one on one instead of doing the whole back and forth on email or uh, uh, texting or whatever you want to call it. So that was the only yeah. time where I actually had one person like say, hey, uh, like I'd call me instead of actually texting me back and forth. So that way we can actually have that one on one conversation before the whole interview starts. But like you said, I've had horror stories where I've actually asked someone who I was expecting to say yes. And then they like flat, flat out said, nope, not one bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, 
I, yeah, speaking of like communicating as well, I actually interviewed a visually impaired man. So he's uh, legally blind. So I contacted the organization. And so then I was really like, how am I meant to, you know, being really, I guess, never in that situation before. And obviously wanting to be is a sensitive topic. So didn't want to offend. I was like, oh, how is this going to work? Communicating with this person. Um, and then going obviously to their place, their residence, usually I record at my little one bedroom apartment. And, um, yeah, so that was a a whole other learning experience as well. Speaking to Simon, he's lovely. He was so open. Um, but yeah, obviously that he, and he, it's called, uh, description. So my emails were being relayed as a voice recording to him and that's how we communicated, um, got to his apartment and yeah, even setting up. And I was like, I didn't want to get in the way because obviously he knows where everything is as it is. So that's, and that's, I guess, you've probably got stories as well. This whole experience is such a learning curve and the people you meet are fascinating. You've probably got some standout guests as well that, you know, come to mind in the last six months. Well, I don't have anything along the lines of uh, Simon, like you said, where you uh, have to adapt your day-to-day uh, surroundings to someone else's surroundings because they are not able to, uh, I don't want to say function, but they're not able to uh, adapt adapt to your world you have to adapt to their world so uh when i've done interviews i've had to go to places where i've never been to uh whether it be out of province out of alberta uh to uh like downtown cores of where the government works so i've had to go but with covid19 that has completely changed everything and i'm not sure how it is down in australia but here in canada we are still under lockdown we are lifting our restrictions day to day but uh the majority of people that i reach out to and want to interview they do not want to sit down because they're they still have that idea that covid could be spread and uh as someone who had covid i i I went through it it was three weeks of pure heck i can tell you right now that it was the worst yeah so i i i want to make my guests feel as comfortable as possible so if they don't want to do it one-on-one i'm completely okay with that and with the magic of magic of internet with zoom skype everything you can do it like we're doing it right now so yeah well first of all i'm sorry you had covid as well and um it's fantastic you've recovered um yeah we've all just had to become adaptable during this time and as much as it's fun to do the face-to-face the podcast must go on so we've had to i've been we've been so so fortunate um, Christopher in Australia, where I'm from on the West Coast, we basically had like five, five weeks, six weeks of like sort of lockdown, but people were still going out, walking along the coast. Um, that interview I did with Simon, he obviously was feeling more in the at-risk area, so but he still was up for a conversation. We've had no community transmission where I am, so we've just been so, so fortunate. So when I'm seeing things on the news... We can't sort of fathom what it's been like. Um, we've just been in our own little bubble. Perth's the most isolated city in the world, so it's finally paying off. Um, so, yeah. So you're actually um, in Perth right now. It's just a different world. You're in Perth, I'm in Perth right, right now, yes. Okay. Yes. Is that where you're originally from, or are you from, uh, like, the other east side and then moved to Perth, or just originally a Perth-ian from 
born birth. <laughs> yeah, Perthian. We've, I don't think that's a word, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna use that now. Um, well, just in uh, Alberta, in Alberta, where I'm from, we're called Albertans. So I'm just wondering if Perth is Perthian. Yeah. So I could be wrong, but that's just Kikanda for you. <laughs> No, um, Perth girl, born and bred. So I have moved uh, overseas. I was living in Hong Kong for almost two years. Um, worked there as a tennis coach. So that was a fantastic experience. It's a, such a cool, cool city, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, but back to Perth. Yeah. But now your show took a hiatus in November to uh, about – uh, I want to say February or March. Was that due to the wildfires that was happening down in uh, Australia during that time? Or was it just a, no. a scheduled hiatus already? <laughs> yeah, I took an extended vacation. No, um, I actually went back and studied broadcasting at university. So I did three units, so sports broadcasting, radio and TV presenting, because that's sort of where I wanted to be headed. That's, again, how the podcast started in that I wanted to practice um, what it was like to interview people and get a bit of a body of work going so I could show people, hey, this is what I am, what I sound like, what I look like. Um, and it got quite intense with studies, so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to just focus on this for now. Um and yeah, also lost a little bit of motivation. I, I don't know if you can relate. It's it's really tiring. It's a long, you know, it's a longevity thing, a podcast. So for people wanting to get into it, be prepared for the long haul. Finding guests, as we've just talked about, is really difficult. Some are going to say no. Some say yes and then bow out. And so it's, you know, as Christopher can attend, like it's getting a backlog, which takes time. And then it's the promoting. And when you're not, if you're not seeing a lot of results, you know, I had people messaging saying, Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. But then there's that still, I don't know about you, Christopher, that inner voice is like, why are you doing this? You're wasting your time and no one cares about this. So it was a little bit of a break as well to then go, Hey, I actually really enjoy this. And just then keep, I've now been able to keep the momentum going. Um, and just found the enjoyment. I'm not worried so much about down downloads or reviews and where I am it's just I get to, uh, just remembering why I started and it's to meet fantastic people in this world and be able to put their voice out there because they're often voices you're not usually hearing get their story out and hopefully people can learn something from it well my thing was uh when I did I did get that uh sort of lethargic feeling about halfway through the first season my first season which is going on right now uh you're part of season two so this is airing in September so for my listeners it's airing now I guess um but about I would say just at the beginning of February I was just coming back from the winter break I was starting to get try to get guests people were saying no people were like saying okay we'll do it but we'll do it four weeks from now and then you're trying to find those guests right and then you're starting to feel okay why am I doing this if no one's gonna want to do it like come on the show so you get that feeling of okay I'm, am I just doing it for myself or am I actually doing it for somebody else so then I would yeah, start calling yeah. all my friends and be like hey do you want to come on the show because you know I have no one else for the show this week so I have don't get me wrong they're great interviews. One interview I had to like I was pulling teeth sometimes because he was giving one word answers. God bless him, Mitchell, if you're listening. Thank you for coming on the show. But <laughs> Damn you, Mitch. <laughs> 
but he it was just it was hard so sometimes you just have to like pull like you just have to pull in some friends and family and just say okay I'm gonna do it but it's not gonna be the best quality that I want it to be and then you get to the point where you're like okay I'm done I'm done season one I'm moving on to season two and then all the interviews that you've had lined up that you've get like sent out requests for they're like sure we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it and then you're like okay I've two weeks of interviews to do and there's like 15 interviews in those two week period so how do you schedule them and it, you basically by the end of the month you're basically your voice is so hoarse that you're just like talking like a whisper <laughs> which I felt yeah. during March right before COVID hit <laughs> Yeah, because you're releasing quite regularly, every two days at least. I'm just once a week, so well, I guess I don't... I'm only so once a week right now, so I'm once a week until this, like, uh, until... Season two is going to be twice a week, but season one was always going to be once a week because, like I said, I was having those hard times, and I'm assuming, like yourself, you have another job on top of it that you have to do, right? Yeah. And I think you're a bit like me is that you like to prepare somewhat for the interview. And so if I'm trying to prepare for one and then I have one that next day or the, you know, that same day, uh, I've tried that once and it just, I felt like I wasn't giving all to both. I was just a bit spread too thin. So I'm trying to now space them out. So I have that proper time to prepare and yeah, get everything organized. It's just, yeah. It's one thing after the other with podcasting. I think people enter it and go, oh, I can do that. But it's the stuff that you don't see. Like the interviewing like this, by the looks of it as well, you you really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. But it's everything that goes with it. It's getting the right equipment, finding the right program when we have to remote record, and then getting it out there. Because you're doing all this hard work. You want people, and you've had some fantastic episodes, you want people to hear them. And because they're fan, you know, they're going to get something from them. So it's then, yeah, the marketing side of it. Well, it's the marketing side. And then it's the, our, our, your, is your list, are your listeners going to get something out of the interview? Because I've done interviews and I'm not sure if you can relate to this. You can do interviews with a guest. You think it's going to go one way. It goes completely sideways and it doesn't go the way that you expect. And then you're about to release it and you're like, okay, is, is the audience that has listened to past shows going to get what I think they're going to get? Or are they going to look at it and go, this is not the quality that I'm used to and then tune out, right? Yes. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. There's been one or two where I've gone, okay, this is where I want to be asking. And then I guess that's was prior to sending guests their their questions. And then half midway through, you're like, wait, what? No, this is, uh, I sort of, I felt really out of my depth because I'm like, oh, I had no, I'd done my research on them, but then they're sort of going in a different, and I'm like, what? So you sort of got to think on your feet. And it's funny with the friend thing you mentioned with Mitch, I interviewed a, a friend as well. She had a fantastic story and we, she told me everything in conversation. We, you know, to and fro, and then I get her on the mic and people sometimes just freeze up. So yeah. that's the other thing is just sort of welcoming you in, getting, you know, them comfortable. We're like a whole lot of professions in one. We're like psychologists, marketers, journalists, like... <laughs> Well, and then if uh, I've had one guest where I've literally had to not say anything, I've said hi, and they will speak for the full hour. And you're like, okay, well, thanks for coming in. 
I know. I know. I, I literally, it was about, I said, hey, and how did everything come about? And like I, record, I saw it was a seven-minute mark that I got to then ask my next question. And myself, being Teach Me in 20, I got 20 to 30 minutes. So if you're taking seven minutes to do your intro, oh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's again, a learning curve. Now, do you edit your interview or is it raw? In the beginning, it was start to finish, boom. Um, now, in terms of editing, all I'm doing is editing out the questions, which I'm like, you know what, there's better questions, so I'm going to get those ones out. You've probably found as well with when I've been interviewing guests, they warm up. So the better stuff, the better content comes at the end of the chat. So in the beginning, those early, I sort of now do a few fluffer questions where it's just like, you know, this is an example. It's like, oh, what's your favorite food or whatever? But I don't ever ask that. Please note that. Yes, the people listening, I don't ask that stupid question. But um, just to sort of warm people up and the more they then talk, they just open up and they're more relaxed. So editing I'd, or if people just – have you had people where they go – before they start answering oh they'll talk right on the microphone yeah so there's that because i find it annoying so if i'm finding annoying other people will long pauses so if i've asked someone a question and they've taken a while to answer it i'll block out that um so it's just little things to make people sound better i want them to really feel happy with the body of work they've done because it's scary for people coming on so i want them to be stoked and want to share it with their friends um so it's yeah it's not a lot of and i'm lucky that it's such a short chat that i i'm not doing two hours that i have to edit um i think people that have those long podcasts that would suck wow Wow, right to the heart. But I was just about to say <laughs> the ones that I get the the ones that I get frustrated with and I've had to cut out once or once or twice and I usually don't like to cut out interviews are the tappers. The ones who will tap the desk while they're interviewing and the microphone will pick it up and you, you just you shoot the glare like stop it but they don't pick it up so you have to literally stop the podcast like you need to stop tapping. <laughs> Oh, it, and you want to be nice, but also you've got, you know, your time scarce, theirs is, yeah. Oh, so many yeah. things. It's such a fun <laughs> journey, isn't it? Get into podcasting, everyone. Yeah. What's the podcast uh, world like down in Australia? Is it saturated with a lot of content right now? Because in Canada, it like you can find a podcast for anything. If you, there's probably a podcast for podcasts and a podcast against podcasts. So what's the, what's the uh, industry like down in uh, Australia? It's still growing. It's nowhere near as big as in the States. Um, and I'm, I mean, does Canada follow suit with America in terms of listenership? Yes and no. We, I, I don't, I try not to listen to a lot of American shows, but since it's so close and you kind of want to know what Donald Trump is up to today, you sort of have to listen to it. But at the same time, I, 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 I tend to go to the podcasts like yours, yours, the ones that are engaging, the ones that have interesting content. And in, uh, and I think that's why I started mine was because there was there wasn't a market for what I'm doing. There's the market for people who want to talk about their own stuff, but there wasn't a market to just let people talk about their story, right? And that's where I think yours, yeah. your podcast, my podcast sort of intertwine a bit because I, I find with yours, you you get guests and you just let them tell the story. It's not you telling the story, it's them telling the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of Australia... 
people, some people still don't even know what a podcast is. When I first started and I talked about subscribe, I had to be like, it's free. Cause people, when I think of subscription, they think what's the fee. So it's still really in that infant educating stage of what a podcast is. Um, definitely it's climbing. There's so many more now that are out there. Um, more radio stations now are being podcast platforms. So they're getting people on, um, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's growing. I know there's so many more podcasts out now because of COVID-19. I think I saw someone told me that mics, the amount of podcasting microphones sold out on Amazon, which I was like, Oh God. Um, and there's a there was a joke put up on one of our TV stations and it starts out all serious, you know, and you think it's about health and safety and, you know, washing your hands and stuff right now. And they're like, please don't. And everyone's like, please don't, please don't. And then they all look up, start a podcast. So it's just like hitting straight to home. Um, yeah, it's growing. Hopefully more people can jump on board now because they're more now at home. Um and just something else to do. Like, as you said, there's so many out there. Ours are fantastic, I think, because you get to meet new people and hear hear voices that you don't normally get to hear. They're not on commercial TV. <laughs> They're not on the A-list of celebs. But that doesn't mean they don't have something worth listening to. So hopefully, yeah, more people in Oz can get around it um, and listen to Australian people. Like you say, like in Canada, get listening to Canadians. We don't always have to listen to the American shows. Well, and not even that. It's I, I like the different perspectives that podcasts can bring, right? Because like you're, you're it unless you wouldn't have contacted me, I wouldn't have known. But then since you've contacted me and I started listening to your show, you've gotten a new fan up here in Canada. So I'm not sure if you uh, you mentioned that you don't watch the algorithms, but I, I'm big into algorithms. I watch where people are listening to the show and uh, where I host the show. It shows you what country they're hosting and Canada being where I'm from is of course going to be number one, but then you get the States and then you get Australia and Ireland. I've always found that fascinating why how people are finding my show down in australia in in ireland and you're going okay you you think a canadian podcast mostly canadians would listen to but you grow a following not only here but around the world and like you said it's because it's a different perspective and it's not the stories that you're being told on the news or being told on uh the radio each week right yeah so funny story are you on chartable I am. I just signed so up I, like two weeks ago. Yeah, same. So maybe like a month ago now, last week I got notified. Speaking of random countries, you had no idea. I got listed in like 169, so top 200 in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Cha-ching. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe you so can just random. go to Saudi Arabia after COVID nineteen is down and just be like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a celebrity here now, guys." That's that's me. Yeah, the 2021 tour. So <laughs> I'll get flocked on the streets. <laughs> so yeah, that was random. Um, but yeah, I know it's such a worldwide thing now. So it's good. It's good that interchanging and everyone listening globally. It's what you want. So it's like with music. Music. My boyfriend's in music and producing, and it's like when a song was released over in the states or even in the UK, Australia got it like two weeks later. Now everyone gets it on the release date. So New Music Fridays, everyone's hearing the new songs. So it's just where the world's headed. 
So where where's your show uh, hosted? Is it hosted with, in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole gambit? Or where can people find Teach Me in 20? I guess we should mention that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. I, Teach Me in 20 is available on all podcast platforms. Um, yeah. Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, they're so your main ones, Google Play, Stitcher. And I also release on YouTube because I think – great because some people that's my my boyfriend listens to podcasts on youtube so it's just another platform um do you as well release like the videos like this uh yes and no um sometimes i've had guests say are you just using the audio or just using the audio and video and then i say which one would you prefer and they say just the audio and if that's the case then i don't uh but i have posted to youtube because my father my father loves uh, surprisingly he listens to the show which i've always found fascinating because it's not something he would do but I've had like I said the first guest for season one is the first female prime minister of Canada and he was like you need to show me that you need to prove that you you got that so I had to literally upload the video of me talking to the uh, first prime minister female first prime minister of Canada just so he could be like okay you did it yep 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 you did it (laughs) so it's not something I've done but it is something I've looked at because it it does have a different audience than those people who don't want to subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just getting another foot in the door somewhere else. So yeah, every, those little one percenters that help. Um, I can't wait to hear that episode as well with the first female prime minister. It's going to be, that's a, such a fantastic guest, Chris, as well. Um, well, it's yeah, episode one, but- right after, right before your episode that comes out on whatever day it comes out. I was going to pull up my calendar, but I was going to continue talking so we don't have dead air <laughs> because I know we both don't like that. And then would Such your episode comes follow. <laughs> your How episode you do this to me, Chris. <laughs> exactly, your episode comes out on se- your today is September sixteenth. So today wow. it's coming out on September sixteenth. So I spoke to another podcaster. And he's like, I've got 40 or 50 batched or ready to go. And I'm like, what? I'm like a week or two ahead. I'm lucky. I think one time I was three weeks ahead. <laughs> but I sort of – it's sort of my hobby. So I don't mind doing it every week. And I work just in the afternoons and evenings. So I have the day – I guess most people work in nine to five. I do different hours. So I guess I have that – time there but um well it's not it's not that i'm organized it's so uh, i think it was last week or the week before i put season one to bed so season one wraps up on july 18th but i've no interviews left for season one so i'm done i've left season one and i'm taking july and august off so i'm trying to get as much done in june so last two weeks or whatever the last few weeks of june are and then i'm done until august so done until september so i want to try and get at least september under my belt so when i come back in september when i'm in september now as we're in september i'm recording new episodes for october yeah that's great and make sure your dad listens (laughs) totally totally but how so had you listened to podcasts before a little bit yeah, so I guess I, Joe Rogan, um, okay. Tim Ferriss, um, who are my other ones? A few Aussie people, Andrew Denton, I'm not sure if you know him. He does. He used to have a, a show, so it was on TV, and he's a fantastic interviewer. Um, also, I've now jumped on the Louis Thoreau one. Um, yeah, so I've always been into the interviews. I'm not really like, oh, who's the comedian? Um 
he's escaped me now. He does a podcast. He's, he's one of Joe Rogan's friends and he does his own like every Monday he releases his own podcast of just his own thoughts. That's good because he has his own comedy with it. Um, but I've always been into the interview podcasts. And as I said before, some of them are a little bit long. So now I'm looking. So that's how I sort of was like, well, let's do a short version of it. Yeah, And that's no, how Teach Me in 20 came about. <laughs> Teach Me in 20. And what can we expect for the next few weeks of Teach Me in 20? I know we're in September, but looking back on June, what <laughs> what can we expect? <laughs> what what did we see? So you're actually, it just reminded me when you were saying your dad listened. So my mom's listened to a few, my dad sort of, he's so inept with technology. So for him, a podcast, it's like, what is that? He listens to records. This is if I can paint a picture, like those vinyl records. Anyway, nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, there's Spotify that also has the the, every music you would ever want. And you don't have to take them off and put the needle down. Yeah. And it doesn't sound so shit. Like, it's so crackly, his one. I don't know if it's just an old player or the the discs are so old, but it's just like, like you can't hear the, the lyrics. Anyway, he I was at dinner the other night and he goes, oh, I listened to your chat this week. I spoke to a man um, who runs a homeless support group here, um, particularly with COVID, unemployment getting really high. I wanted to sort of get an insight into homelessness in Perth and just break down some stereotypes. A lot of people, you know, I live in the city, so you're walking through and you might some see some people in a fight and you're like, oh, what are they on? Or people are sitting there begging or just with a hat on the floor wanting money. And, and so we often just walk past it and it's easy to just block it out. But I wanted to speak to him and get the numbers and it was a really eye-opening chat because you don't like to think of that happening in your own city but it's there was something like 200 people just in the city who are homeless not to mention almost close to a thousand he calls rough sleepers so they're people just jumping from couch to couch who actually don't have a place to call their own and you know we're in winter right now and we've had some severe storms and I'm just imagine just being out there with nothing you know there's these are the Perth Homeless Support Group which Aaron was from they're trying to get, you know, sleeping bags out to people. And I've actually now started volunteering there and we make sandwiches on a Friday morning and they give them out on the Sunday uh, to people on the streets. He calls them streeties. It was a fantastic chat with him. And my dad, he goes, that was a really good chat. We need to get, you know, that information out there. How can you, you know, I'm like, dad, I'm working on it. I'm trying to build my followers and I'm trying to build my downloads. (laughs) You know, this isn't my first rodeo here. Um, So it was, yeah, really lovely to get that sort of feedback from him um, for someone who's never listened to a podcast before. What else is coming up? We've got, I don't know if you've ever heard of a hackathon. That's this week's chat. Um, A hackathon, think hacking, but for good. So trying to find the best hack. Yeah, I know. That's the case I had. Um, (laughs) I will listen. They've had like hackathons, cyber hackathons. So groups of people come in and you're trying to use facial recognition to find people who are missing. There's other hackathons where you're trying to come up with new technology to help make an industry more innovative. So say transport in your city, they're using now infrared imaging on a train carriage to let people know on the platform how busy it is. So it spreads people out and avoids 
you know, crowding, just stuff like that for, you know, different industries. So whether it's agriculture, mining, transport, I thought it was really interesting. And I think that's where sort of the world's headed, getting great minds together. You don't have to be a software developer or a programmer and coming up with innovative ways um, to better the world, especially with such an emphasis now on recycling, global warming. We're trying to do better as humans in society. Um, another episode coming out is I'm speaking to an Aboriginal man. So there's obviously right now is the BLM movement and in Australia we've had about 400 Indigenous people in the past 200 years die in prisons. So they are, a lot of people are protesting that we need to improve our treatment of our Aboriginal culture. So I'm speaking to an Aboriginal elder about the importance of teaching Aboriginal culture to everyone in society and the importance of it. And I think another thing with our interview podcast, Chris, is that the more people learn, the less fear there is. So educating people, breaking down barriers, it just wipes away that fear. Be like the homelessness uh, interview I did. It makes them appear as real people and it's nothing to be afraid of. It's just learning more and hopefully we can sort of build more uh, unity and less divide. So speaking with him, which I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm speaking to a reality TV person um, and a transgender person as well. So learning, it's. I'm trying to base it in, you know, there might be people in the workplace who have someone who's transgender and what's appropriate to ask and what's appropriate to talk about and um, a family member who might have someone who's transitioning, how to go about sort of wanting to be involved but just, you know, people are always afraid of asking the wrong questions and I think that's where our podcasts come in, Teach Me in 20, cross-border interviews that we're asking the questions and people can learn that way. They might be afraid of asking them where they're to do that. Um, and we're always sensitive in what we're asking and, but guests aren't sort of on there to that are going to shy away. So they want information out there so people better understand and again, aren't afraid to, you know, hang out and talk to them and, and afraid of saying the wrong thing. Hopefully I didn't just babble on then, but <laughs> no, you didn't. But now I have like five questions that I need to ask you because you've just Sorry. opened up a, like Sorry. a can of worms because actually, no, I'm happy because I, I like when guests talk that much and then I can get questions. Right. Because if it's like I said, just one of those, how are you? Not bad. Then it's really bad, <laughs> bad podcast. If you ask me, if it's just a one answer, but to begin with, where do you get your guests from? Do you know them? Have like, are they people in prominent positions around Perth? Are are you reaching out to just people on Twitter? How are you engaging with your potential guests? Uh, all of the above, sort of. So in the beginning, it was a lot of friends um, who had I met through my travels. I'm that person who meets randoms at the airport and becomes Facebook friends with them. So I sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. We will um, be Facebook guess, friends after this, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only I could fly over there, we could just chat at the airport. Like this. Um, My sister-in-law's Australian, so I will move over. Uh, once, she, once we open up, we will come to Perth. <laughs> fantastic. Well, the, welcome here and let me show you around. Um, so friends, friends of friends. So a few times I had people go, oh, I know this person. You should definitely interview them. And that's always, you've probably, well, we've just spoken about it, but they might have a cool story, but they aren't always able to communicate it 
over a microphone. So they might be a bit hesitant to give information or it's like pulling teeth, like, come on, just, you know, open up. We're all just, we're just having a chat here. Um, and of late I've gotten into Facebook groups. So reaching out to organizations or individuals and saying, Hey, this is what I do. Would you be keen to share your story? We can also promote, you know, if they're an organization, we can also promote events you've got coming up or what you're doing and just get the word out there. So a few, yeah, luckily with social media, it's really helped. Um, and now obviously the last, this season has a, season one was a lot of friends and friends of friends. And this season is just branching out and going online and finding out, finding other people because I've got these topics I want covered. And obviously I don't have friends that fit those. So, okay, where can I find them? Yeah. So, with with the ever-changing world that we're living in, uh, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. Um, we are now in a, well, we, we are in a position where we have a platform where we can tell stories. Uh, we can talk about these issues. Do you, when something is going on in the world with COVID-19, with Black Lives Matter, with, like you said, the Indigenous uh, elder who you're bringing on to the show, do you sometimes come back and just level yourself a bit and say, okay, I have guests that I want to talk to, but this issue is important. This issue is the topic of discussion in today's society. Let's see if I can try and find a guest who can fit that mold and have them on tomorrow's episode or next week's episode. Or is it more of a, if we can find a guest, that's great. And we'll put them in the rotation. Or how do you work out how your guests go in? It's usually I've up until this point just put them in order. I have been a little bit uh, I when I did the interview with Simon the visually impaired man, I was a bit worried because then I followed it up with a psychic reader and I didn't want people to think it's a podcast of seri- like you know what I mean of following it up with something that m- some people might go really like it's gone from a serious issue to something that people might go but that's the beauty of my podcast, Teach Me in 20. No two weeks are the same. So everything you can learn from, and yes, some weeks might be really serious, but others might be, I'm speaking to an athlete or a guy that's a juggler. So hopefully my listeners don't sort of view it as each week and yeah, it's all just a collective learning environment, not so much what I back it up. and, And that's what I've got coming up now is that I'm speaking to an Aboriginal elder, which is a very serious topic. And now I'm like, oh, what do I follow up with that? But it shouldn't matter. It should just be each week is learning. Some might be heavy material. Some might be really low key. But hopefully people are still getting something out of it. Um, So there is no, to answer your question, there's no system. It's more just who have I been able to get? Um, Right And right now with what was going on, I thought it was a great time to get more information out there. So I did to the Aboriginal editor, I did say, his name's Simon as well. I have a recurring theme of Simon's on my podcast. You must be named Simon. Um, He, I said to him, I'm like, look, I would, I, side note is I have a Teach Me In 20 podcast group on Facebook. So that group is for listeners. So I've got my page and the group and the group is for people to sort of chime in and say, this is who I would like to hear from. 
um, you know, can you get that? They can ask their own questions to guests. So it's just to make it a little bit more collaborative. And one of my listeners asked, um, she'd like to hear from an Aboriginal person about their experience growing up in Australia. So that was on my agenda. And then the BLM movement happened. I was like, okay, it's even more reason now. So I reached out and um, I said to Simon, I was like, I look, I know it's a really sensitive time right now. Just a heads up, I would really like to talk to you about the importance of teaching people of your culture, but just let me know when you're available. Because he does a lot of welcome to countries. So I was thinking, you know, he's very busy. And he instantly replied and he said, I think it's a fantastic time to get information out there. I'd love to go on. So that obviously then meant I can I want to have it now because it's current. I won't release it in a, you know, two months time when it might be not so much of a, um, a big topic of discussion. Um, so I also like to release them when they're relevant. Um, and I also, for people who, if they have their own podcast, re sort of promote them. So the Ramadan interview you mentioned this year, I was like, Hey guys, just a reminder, we did an interview on Ramadan. If you're unsure of what it is or if you've got people at work who are doing it, here's a way to find out more about it. So if there's things that, uh, you know, yearly, um, try and just re-release them, find some new listeners as well. One of the hardest things that I find being a host is asking the stupid question because you never know what the guest is going to react like. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, sensitive subjects like you said with the Black Lives Matter with transgendered issues with uh, uh, indigenous issues you can fo- possibly have your foot in your mouth if you're asking the wrong question um, when you're talking to people do you look at them do you talk to them beforehand and say okay we're going to talk talk about these subjects or like you said is it more of a raw interview where it's just natural progression and if you do come up with a question where they feel uncomfortable and you can tell they're feeling uncomfortable you sort of mold it into a new question because that's what i find is if i'm asking a question and i see them squirming a bit you go how about asking this question as well? So do you find you that? Look a- over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly that, Chris. I, for all of my interviews, I always sort of, we chat in the beginning um, just to try and get them relaxed. And I always say, if there's a question I ask and you don't want to answer, just say, let's move on. And I always say to them, I'm very curious and I might, a question might spawn from our conversation. And if I don't mean to be insensitive in any way, but if it does come across as that and you just don't answer it. And we, and then I said, that's the beauty of me pre-recording. It's not live. We can edit it out. So just to reassure them. And a bit like you said, just to let them know, I'm not meaning any thing derogatory or negative it's all just finding out more I'm curious minded learning more um and for most part everyone's been really lovely and just they get it and they're coming on to teach others and most of them have been through some stuff before um and they've heard it all they've heard criticism um or if they've you know had a dis like Simon with a disability he's had people react to him in a bad way they've had to deal with a lot of stuff so me asking a a question we might find think oh is this offensive they've heard it before I've actually um spoken I was listening to your chat with Misconception the drag queen I'm a massive RuPaul fan heads up um I just got listening to her I just got introduced to it this year as you could tell from the episode yeah 
I've never seen it, never had an interest in it. And then my partner was like, you need to watch this. And I watched it. I was like, okay. <laughs> How good, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So my boyfriend DJ is at a gay club here and I've interacted with drag queens. I had one over actually a drag queen. She taught me how to do makeup because I had a few weddings coming up and yeah, she's a makeup artist by day. Um, I got like private lesson, which was amazing. But similar with them, they've, you know, there was a last year, just before Pride Month, the club, people were complaining, the gay community were complaining, it had turned really straight. And there was a few homophobic calls that were being, were happening in this club. And it's so well, from my, it's always just been a place where you can welcome and be accepting and be whoever you want. And then the clientele uh, sort of started to be a younger age group who may not have been familiar with the actual culture the club had created. So just, you know, drag queens have had to deal with a lot of criticism and growing up being whoever they want to be. So speaking to someone like that as well, you can't really ask the wrong question. And if they, if you do, they're going to let you know. Like they're the most sass and straightforward people. It's black and white. That's why I love RuPaul. Nothing's manufactured. You get all these reality programs where the producers are trying to create all this drama. Drag queens are just going to cut you down and yep. tell you what you think. And that's why RuPaul is fascinating. It's a competition and also people like, you know, telling you what you really they really think about people. So, yeah, I, I, I understand, yeah, yeah, we've got to be sensitive. But um, as long as you let people know in, in the beginning. Do you ever come up with a question after you're done the interview? You oh, think, should have asked that question. Yes. <laughs> Right. And like, I'll go back and edit and I'll be like, that, did, I should have asked that right then. Or yeah, all the time after I, my boyfriend's probably sick of me saying, I'm like, oh, I should have asked this. But you know what? The content you always get, it's still great. And ho- and that's why I started the Teach Me In 20 podcast Facebook group in that if there's a question I, I missed or if people have listened to it and they want to ask a question, they can ask it in that episode. So yeah, it's sort of keeping the conversation going, I say. So keeping it front of mind and go, hey, you're involved too. You're all a part of this. It's not just me asking the questions. You can learn too. Because the reason I the reason I mentioned that is because of that misconception episode that you just brought up. There was a question literally after we I hung up, I said I should have asked that question, which was when you're out of drag, when you're in drag, you were referred to as a she. When you're out of drag, are you referred to as a he or a she? Because RuPaul, it goes both ways. I've been, I like you watch the show and you hear the uh, the contestants refer to RuPaul as a she, even if he he or she walks into the workroom. So I've, it's always been a question. And literally after I finished that question, I was like, should have asked that question. I kicked myself for a good week after that episode. Ooh. I've actually asked it. So, and it might okay. vary depending on drag queens, but when they're in drag, they prefer to be she. Out, they don't care. Like you you sort of he she they uh, from my they sort of said they've been called some names in the past by 
and bad people, let's say. So they, by saying, you know, you going he or she, they don't really, as long as you're showing respect, they uh, they don't really care. They've got such a thick skin. But from, yeah, my understanding is when they are in drags, it's a she because, you know, they've spent three hours putting makeup on. You can refer to them as a she. <laughs> and some of them, I you do double glances. Like this new season of All-Star Drag Race. I'm not sure if Australia, I'm assuming Australia has it right now as well. I yep. could be wrong, but uh, yes. Some like when some of them walk out, you're like, okay, I did not expect that to him to look like her. So there you go. One of the drag queens here, she's fantastic. She um, was in my partner's film clips and she won Miss Burlesque Perth, WA. So it's, you know, it's a bit like, I guess, Miss Oktoberfest or whatever okay. you guys have over there, yeah. Miss Canada, whatever. Um, Talking to the wrong person it. on that one. <laughs> It was just fantastic to see us progressing and just, yeah, she's phenomenal. And I think it's such an entertaining art culture. Um, I love it. So and that's right. I'm so glad RuPaul's taken off. I was going to ask a touchy subject here, but come on. You can, you can just wave it off if you want. Australia is known for uh, its Catholic views. It's very religious. It's very, uh, I would say, looking at it, the Liberal Party in Canada is more left wing. It's more socialist compared to the Liberal Party down in Australia. Um, is the is it uh, is are the LGBT community members accepted down in Australia? Not accepted, but are they free to marry? I'm assuming they are, right? Yes, so gay marriage is legal in Australia. I believe, uh, don't quote me, but um, was it last year or the year before? Um, we have also Sydney Mardi Gras, which is a fantastic celebration. We had Cher there and Kesha wow. and uh, just it's a – I want to – it's in Sydney. So at one time I do want to go there. Um, we have Pride Month in November, um, okay. which the gay club I was talking about um, really get around um, and it's Pride Parade through the city. Yes, Australia, it's still a very Catholic, I guess – background but I feel like that's more of the older generation the more younger generation coming up like myself we're more progressive and you know we chatted earlier about marijuana medicinal marijuana and marijuana being legal Australia is not far off that I believe um yeah I our government I feel like they're sort of a bit the same at the moment it's not so extreme as in maybe America or Canada but um it's yeah we're never polar real polar opposites i feel okay um no it was just a question that was off the top of my head because you mentioned it and i was like because uh in your conversation with uh uh, the gentleman who you were talking about muslims and ramadan you you mentioned how you sort of have a you had a falling out with the catholic church because of some of the finance issues so it was just a question that i had because you always think australia and well in Canada, you always think of australia and think they're a little bit more conservative than uh typical uh like compared to new Zealand. Yeah. No, I think that's valid. I think, um, yeah, that chat with Adam was 
great because I feel like Australia as well has is typically seen as or portrayed maybe in the media as quite racist. So speaking with Adam, who's a Muslim Australian, getting his views and background, what he's had to deal with growing up, um, learning about Ramadan and why they do it. I know Islam as well has its critics. Um, so we sort of just focused on Ramadan and what the Mus- uh, Muslim people get out of that and why they do it. Um, and it's really just for them feeling sort of closer to God and it's that experience of sacrifice and building their faith. Um, and I feel like if more Australians listened to that, they'd be more accepting. Um, we, As you said, we are still very that Catholic um, and being f- sort of Catholic slash still figuring it all out myself, um, I've never had to deal with probably what with what a Muslim person has had to deal with. Um, and well, that chat as well sort of came, I think, a year after the bombings in Christchurch of the mosque. So we got to talk about that as well. So just a whole range of things that we just, we covered in that chat, um, which again can help people who have never really been able to speak to a Muslim before about their faith and religion and get a different view because, yeah, Australia is quite Catholic, but I think we are now moving. We're not so strict on our beliefs now. Well, I am. I'm not anyway. So it's more of that older generation who's like, you know, a man and it's a man and woman that can only marry or blah, 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 blah. And so we get that up in Canada all the time too. So don't worry. So I think now more and more people are moving away from the such strict beliefs um, and being more progressive and accepting. Last set of questions here before we go. You have your podcast. You're getting great guests in. Um, if you were Captain Ahab, who would be your Moby Dick? Who would who, Who's the one that you want? Who's the guest that you want to come on the show? Oh. Um, I was about to write these down actually because someone said do that as a goal so you can tick it off and yeah. So Well, you say it here, it's out there for the rest of the world to know. So if you say it here, it's writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because of my tennis background, I always looked up to Serena Williams. So that would be – she'd be fantastic to get on. Um. Oh, I did have someone and I now they've slipped. And that sounds so bad because if they were front of mind, then I should be able to remember. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go. I, I'll send you the list later. Do <laughs> You'll it, be on do, it. Do, do. <laughs> Serena Williams is, yeah, probably one of the top for her sporting achievements. Well, Karis, I want to thank you very much for doing this. We uh, we are like literally two minutes away from our top of the hour. So uh, I want to thank you very much for doing this. We could probably chat for another like 45 minutes to an hour about uh, just the podcast in general, because this conversation, went, I was expecting it to go one way. And like all the great podcasts, they go completely sideways and you just have a great conversation. Half the time I forgot we were recording. Christopher, thank you so much and all the best with your podcast as well. I can't wait to tune in. You too. And uh, for those who are still listening, uh, because we have lots of people who do listen through the whole thing and then come back from time to time, uh, the link to Karis's uh, Teach Me in 20 podcast is in the show notes. And then also, if you want to join her Facebook uh, page, it's going to be linked in the show notes as well. Karis, one more time. I want to thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. 
Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Once again, thank you and see you next week.